This episode is brought to you by an apology. I know that rendang is not meant to be crispy. And welcome to another episode of the Last King Podcast. <laughs> On a very somber note. On like, a very somber note. This yes. shows just how... Somber yet delicious note. Yeah, this is how we know the priorities are out of whack in Singapore. It's like government's ruining everyone's lives. Nah, but you know, some white dude said rendang's meant to be crispy. Okay, but then you also need to understand that this is the kind of argument that's happening in Indonesia and Malaysia as well. In and fact, they're all uniting <laughs> for the just first for time this. ever. For the first time, <laughs> we're since all agreeing on something. Yes. <laughs> rendang is not supposed to be crispy. Yes, progress here in the region. Thank yeah. you to all our Malaysian fans and the, some Indonesian fans we have out there. We are with the fight. Rendang is not to, meant to be crispy. What's the name of the poor Machi who got herself? I mean, she was on. Okay, basically, for those of you she, not from yeah. our area there, and who's not aware, Master Chef in the UK. Master Chef UK, your people. Yeah, <laughs> half my people, yeah. half your people. That was a contest. I love how yeah. you always, you have that second Belgian side to just like. Uh, yeah, I by could, the way. Yeah, I could just like distance myself from most of the fuckery which comes from from there. Brexit, sorry. Here's some chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I am your host, Dr. Shafiq, along with Mr. Tuffy. And the official white guy, eccentric <laughs> Tom. You went from token to unofficial. Oh, that's not unofficial. <laughs> unofficial. I just said official. Oh, okay. Like I, all the things you even shouldn't be. A no, fat. the thing oh. is, he it's can an only, upgrade. It's upgrade. If he's an unofficial white guy, that means he's not white, and he's not actually white. No, no. Actually, I, I'm sorry, sorry to you guys. He went oh, from. I'm just actually a, a half albino. <laughs> no, that's no, what no. Sorry, I meant. Upgrade, you know, upgrade from. What, what are we talking about? Okay, we were it's actually. It's fine. Like we're, we're talking about rendang. Sorry, we're talking, talking about rendang. rendang yeah, yeah, that's importantly. So, so how do you like your rendang? Who actually cooked? Um, who actually cooked this dish to participate to be in the qualifiers to head up? Master Chef UK, right? Master UK. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was sambal lemak. prawns, nasi lemak, and chicken rendang. Right? Or was it beef? Yeah, chicken. chicken rendang. It's just rendang in general. Chicken okay. rendang. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And, and of course, what's his name again? Uh, Greg Wallace said this chicken's not even crispy. And then you heard everything in Malaysia and you just go <laughs> And then the other oh, wow. co- uh, and the other judge who was an actual chef road. He uh, mentioned that it wasn't cooked enough, which is I mean it can okay, be a legitimate yeah, subjective thing. Fine. You know? I mean you well you can definitely undercook chicken and that's yeah. a very dangerous thing. Yes. Like you don't like your chicken pink. Trust me on that one. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> well, like, if you like salmonella, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't mind meat a little bit bloody here and then, but yes. So, okay, we're definitely talking about Rendang Gate. Is that a thing yet? Sure, why not? Because we have one fairly good movie, but it's quite small, and one shit movie. So, like, let's keep <laughs> this Rendang train going. Yeah. <laughs> so, for all of you fans out there who are not aware, Rendang is a delicious... Uh, Gravy-rich dish. Gravy-based uh, <laughs> meat dish that's soft and tender and cooked for it's very, very long. You get a chicken and you marinate it in the best curry you can think of mm. forever. Until All the it's, spice. It's All the literal spices. soup. It is Not soupy. More, it has to be creamy. I know, I'm, ex- yeah, I'm yeah, exaggerating, yeah. obviously. But yeah. it's, like, it's the kind of thing where you don't have to chew and it falls apart in your mouth. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, like a Texas, good Texas barbecue which melts in your mouth. Like that, mm. yeah. When it's grilled for like a few... Like hours slow or so, cooked, yeah. uh, slow cooked thank pork. You. No, but that's the I thing. Is like, well, of course, it wouldn't be pork because I think know. it's also. I mean, to a fault is like when the chef mentioned that the chicken was undercooked. Like, yeah, you need like the best rendang takes a day. Yeah, you time. Really, a lot of time. You can't do it in it's the slowest burn. You can't do it within the realm like realms of a competition timing. Yeah, because yeah. you have an hour if that, and also you're under a lot of pressure because you have TV. Um, uh, 
cameras in your face, and then every 10 minutes, you know, you've got fuckwit Wallace coming around going, so what are you doing? How's it going? He's like, get the fuck out of my kitchen! Yeah. <laughs> Pressure. I mean, is this a on. popular show in the UK? Probably. It used to be pretty big, but it kind of went the And then the Bake Off happened, right? Yeah, because Bake Off is because everyone's nice to each other. <laughs> There's even the MasterChef Australia and the MasterChef Kids, See, right? The MasterChef Australia is more interesting because the Aussies are a bit nicer to each other and because there tends to be a bit more up to scale. Mm-hmm. And MasterChef Kids, it's it's fine. I like it because it's the only time we see Gordon Ramsay be nice. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Well, that's, that's a highlight. Cuss out like a six-year-old. That's thing. a highlight. Like right he can't, he's so lovely. Like, you know, I, there's this kid, uh, you know, worrying about her souffle and he was talking about how, you know, whenever I make a souffle, you know, I, I pray to souffle gods to make sure it works and he gets this kid to pray with him. Like, His headset's probably saying, don't swear, don't swear, don't swear, don't get angry, don't oh, swear. Which is no, why I think... I, the, the thing, like, he's actually not that sweary a person in real life. That's what I think. Like, like that's probably all just a show, right? something that show. he had to do. if you watch the original Kitchen Nightmares, which is um, in the UK... The UK version? He swears occasionally, but it's more like... I don't know what's going on. And then when he goes to the States, because everything is a fucking show day, he has to go, what the fuck? Fuck, 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 Angry Scotsman. Kitchen Nightmares and Hell Kitchen. Yeah, you see that a lot there. Fuck Hell's Kitchen. So we're going to talk about movies. Yeah. Remember those? This is a pop culture podcast, but we had to address Rendangate. But we have to address Rendangate because we're from the region. Okay, all the way here in sunny Singapore. You see it on your goddamn Twitter and your Facebook feed. How can you not avoid it? No, I love the fact that everybody's chiming in on this because there's nothing else to chime in on, apparently. Because, okay, we're entering that weird period between Ready Player One and the eventual... uh, (laughs) The eventual Avengers. Avengers movie that's going to just drop and smash everything in its way. It's like like a literal Monty Python film on our heads yeah no I mean like this is literally the quiet before the storm because yeah. you can see everybody Ooh, reading yeah. yeah that they, would be a great um, thank you for stepping on my stake with this <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna you know what tell you what let's go loud let's go proud we're gonna talk about The Quiet Place which is a very exceptional movie from Mr. John Krasinski yes it's his directorial debut and I think his writing debut as well we'll be saving that for the main segment but yep. first up oh, of course we've gotta talk about usual blockbuster garbage so yes, a lot brought of to you by wind r- as it were yeah, yeah there you go Okay. some uh, hot air from Rob Cohen himself Rob Cohen yep really yes the, the director of Garfield guy. oh yeah <laughs> that too that too <laughs> yes, the original <laughs> Fast and Furious and Triple X yes remember those movies yes. is Triple X rebooted yet yes it is yes right. we've, with Donnie Yen if I recall Cage. what really is that Diesel it came out last year dude I totally forgot oh fuck yeah with Donnie Yen and everything yeah shit talk about I really don't care about Xander Cage so what are we talking about? Hurricane Heist. Yeah, we're going to talk about this movie. Point. It's a movie about a heist <laughs> film that happens in the hurricane called Hurricane Heist. What's yeah. the hurricane called? No, the hurricane's called Tammy. So why Tammy. didn't they call it the Tammy Heist? Because... <laughs> that sounds, that, that, that sounds less sell. And also Because that p- title is probably taken by Brazzers already. <laughs> <laughs> but Maybe. also because there was that uh, movie called Tammy uh, that came out a while ago with uh, Mr. McBride. Oh, really? I, I don't recall. Yeah, she does a thing with Susan Sarandon as her mother. Mm. Okay, we need to look into that. Yeah. Tammy Heist. We should buy the website right now. Yeah. So Hurricane Heist. So uh, a, c- a couple of dim-witted or not very no. so basically, put together. Uh, let Tom explain. The point is that... Uh, <laughs> did you... Let's uh, explain. Did you ever play Mafia 3? Yeah. Do you know this part where you go to the Federal Reserve to get all, get all the dollars which are being burnt? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that. Pretty much. Okay. Except they're, trying hurricane. To, they're trying to go to Federal Reserve and steal all the money, all the money that's going to be recycled. And they're using the hurricane as cover because the whole town's being evacuated and there's going to be a skeleton staff in the um, facility. 
but the hurricane is much stronger than anyone like, anticipated and so one thing leads to another yeah yep. whilst there's this like one plucky woman and these two guys from Alabama one's a meteorologist trying to stop the heist uh, played by Toby Cabell Toby Kibble is Kibble uh, Kibble Kibble of the Kibble family yeah Toby <laughs> Kibble is uh, the meteorologist with a very strong uh, Alabama accent and some other guy who's his I brother. I studied meteorology. Yeah. Ryan Quanton was actually the brother. Alabama. Who? Uh, the brother of uh, Toby Cabell's character. Yeah, what's his name? I want to say Will, <laughs> but that's actually the main character. So The actor, la. Oh, the actor, Ryan Ka- Ryan Quanton. Oh, I've no idea who he is. Quanton? Yeah, Of Quentin. the Quanton family? No. <laughs> <laughs> and playing playing another character is... Uh, playing another Ralph. character is another no, actor. There's another guy named Ralph A. Nensen, who might, you guys might remember from Witch and also Game of Thrones. He's Who actually he in the, Game of Thrones. In second season, he was a guy helping out um, that bratty kid from the family before he got cocked in the head. Um, he was one of the mercenaries. The one in the wheelchair out. or the blonde? No, 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 no. <laughs> Bri- King Joffrey. No, 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 not Joffrey. Theon. No, no, he the guy who helped out Theon before he conked him in the head. Uh, that guy, yeah, yeah. yes. In yeah, the yeah. second season, yeah. Oh, you mean the Irish guy? Yeah, the Irish guy. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I've seen him around before. He's yeah, one yeah, of those. Son, yeah. yeah, he's one of those uh, character actors who's just been around for years. No, and he was also in Ready Player One. He was the step. He was the boyfriend of that aunt. That's yeah. why I saw him from That's before. Why. So he's busy. He's yeah. got two movies out in this <laughs> in this amount of time. Like he's got small yeah. roles, TV roles, and then a main role here as like you know the guy who helps out Maggie Grace, and then there's a double turn and stuff. Oh yeah, and Maggie Grace is in this movie. Poor thing. Remember her? Remember her exactly, literally. <laughs> I, she looks exactly the same as when she was in Taken. Which is actually pretty good. She's holding up well after 10 years. Taken was 10 years ago, huh? It was 10 years ago, Kind of blows you away, right? Yeah. Man, just like, you know, maybe Iron Man. (laughs) Iron Man is 10 years ago. I think the best way to explain what this movie is like is the movie (laughs) starts with a flashback. Uh And it's the two brothers trying to run away from Hurricane Andrew in 93 I guess 92, 93 around that period yeah with their uh, father and the unfortunately they get the truck is forced off the road they go hide in a house whilst the dad tries to save uh, the truck he gets uh, killed when a water tower gets blown off and that like, rolls over him it's quite funny it's like he's running out like <laughs> roll, 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 roll splat yeah and um, then the house gets shaken apart and the two kids are like hiding ah, 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 and then that they show the sky, which is a hurricane, and I shit you not, yeah. the skull appears in the sky. A skull wow. forms from the hurricane. Yeah, and it goes. <laughs> okay, it doesn't say haha, but it's mimicking but it, it, that. It, yeah. It's making the laughing face yeah. whilst the storm's going. And the I evil was, Skeletor face, yes. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> How full was the cinema when this was happening? Quite full. Actually, I this had about. A, this was a smaller screen. Uh, I think it's only like a seating for oh, uh, 150 missed people. Missed opportunity not to watch this in IMAX. Yeah. Half of the cinema on my side was almost... I mean, it's not full. Just half of it was filled up. These are just yeah. literally people because they couldn't get tickets for a better movie. Yeah, yeah this I mean, was, most likely, For me, it was yes. a Saturday night at 9pm. So I guess it's just like, sure. You watch it in the suburbs or in the city? Uh, Pile Labor. So it's pretty actually a decent cinema there. Yeah, it's actually a lovely cinema. Mm. And it's my local one. I love it so much. It's mm. closer to where you stay. That's, yeah. yeah, and you can get beer at the box office. Mm. Boom, boom, yes. boom. Well done. Yeah. So, uh, see, the thing is, is that I went into this movie knowing it was going to be stupid. Yeah. And my bar was 
super low. As in, like, it's so low that even Hermes couldn't, uh, uh, couldn't, couldn't even do the limbo. He couldn't yeah. do the limbo underneath it. That's it's a that Futurama low. reference. Well yeah, done, exactly. <laughs> Shouts to our very underappreciated um, Futurama episode. Yeah. Yes, very much. Shout out to the very much underappreciated Futurama episode. Uh, but uh, honestly, it managed to impress me in a couple of things to make me go, huh? So, like, they <laughs> that's not the design you make when you're impressed, or is it? No, it's but more like uh, you expect shit, and then when you watch it, it's like, actually, this isn't as bad as at, I thought it'll yeah, be. At the very least, they tried. They tried. They, they tried really well. They did some research into the things. So, for example, they did research how hurricanes work properly. So they even got the technical language down, like, you know, uh, in terms of millibars, cold fronts, uh, like pressure drops, like language that a meteorologist would actually use. Mm -hmm. It works quite well. At least it's not like Tara Reid is a scientist level. So yeah, stupid, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. But then here's the problem that's I have. A, that's <laughs> a load of dark thing. That's Holy shit. <laughs> somebody give me props for that reference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dropped the Uwe Ball movie. Yeah, here. we need to do that episode <laughs> one day. Somewhere. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> you Enough are not going to make me watch Uwe Ball movies. <laughs> I better put my foot down right now. But Tara Reid plays a scientist, apparently. So, yeah, okay. I could watch Tara Reid kill sharks. <laughs> <laughs> that's the extent. Anyway, I want to just mention the fact that it's like whenever you when anybody brings up the fact like this movie is scientifically accurate, the first thing that pops in my mind is usually human centipede. Like it is possible for three <laughs> people to be stapled ass to mouth, and, and the first thing I'm thinking of is like, They're probably why gonna is die that a selling point? Minutes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like really? I mean, it just shows I'm not gonna watch this movie unless it's scientifically accurate. unless it's proven right. <laughs> Who are these guys with monocles and pipes walking into cinema? Oh yeah, drinking their teas. They are well. true Pinkies to the up. hurricane ethos and pathos. Yeah, it's like. What? <laughs> but it's just, it shows that there was at least some research done compared to that pilot shot 2012, mm. where I think I've told a story before, but I was watching that movie with my dad. Uh -huh. And the whole setup of the movie is that. And your dad's an actual Mayan. No, my dad <laughs> studied astrophysics at Oxford. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. okay. So we uh, lucked out we're getting him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We should do Star Talk. For one year, then he switched to law. But, um, oh. uh, but we were watching it, and uh, there's a part where uh, the guy goes, the neutrinos, they are mutating. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad goes, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. wow. Like really loud, he just goes, fuck off. <laughs> but the thing about Hurricane Heist is, you, no expect, you expect that from the title. It delivers what it advertised. Okay. And I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. At the very least, they spent some time trying to say, to make it credible. Theoretically, slightly. it could work. It's <laughs> like, I There's some sense of Credibility, if that's the right word I want to use. Yeah, okay, there. that's the problem I have with like Godzilla movies where like technically nuclear <laughs> radiation <laughs> could make a giant lizard. <laughs> like, technically a giant skull to pop out from what? a hurricane at any point. You know, okay, no, but no. I think that's the thing I appreciate the most about Hurricane Heist is the fact that it knows when not to take itself too seriously. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're brandishing the fact that, by the way, we had the scientist look at the script and he kind of like checked it and it's like, <laughs> Here's a B, B for science. But <laughs> I was like, that's and also you know the people were having fun. Mackie oh, Grace yeah, was Mackie Grace and uh, Toby Kibble. Had, they were good. They, they were had good. Pretty good chemistry. Yeah. Like they mm. bounced off each other quite well, and it wasn't romantic. There was no like well they weren't they it was just yeah. like two, it's more like they weren't survive right. Two tired people making the best of a very shit situation. Yeah. And his relationship with his brother also I think worked quite well. Yep. Yep. Like I could buy that. Um, the introduction, everything, you know, when yeah. he was in the garage. And yeah, apparently he's the only repair I mean, guy. This is and stuff. what you need to 
understand that, but us here at the Last King Podcast, we find relevance anywhere we can. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're watching a movie, let's treat it like And dude, Ralph Inanson was entertaining. Yeah, he was? I mean, With the shouting and the, <laughs> oh, he can be calm and then just go full-on batshit, Zod crazy in that sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like he was, that. He I was like an effective villain. Look, on a scale of one to Michael Shannon. <laughs> I would say uh, a few sets down, but going professional. up. He's like uh, <laughs> more like uh, Gary Oldman Fifth Element. I think Ooh, it's, yeah, yeah, okay, my favorite. Maybe Gary a Oldman. few steps down, but Ham still positive. You know, still around there. Still yeah, around there. you can't top Gary Oldman in the camp department. Actually, yeah. you can. Oh wait, no, that was him himself. Michael Shannon sort of did, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Michael but Shannon? He sort of did. No. Nah. Nah. I will break him. Compared to everyone! <laughs> I love the way he drags the what. Yeah. Thank you, Luke Basson, for giving us that magical movie moment. Alright, look, back to Hurricane Heist. There you go. Let's, yeah. I'm Let's qu- talk about the hurricane. How was its performance? Equate, to quote <laughs> it's a the, pretty good villain. <laughs> to quote the late, great Roger Ebert, mm-hmm. oh. uh, you have to focus on what the film was trying to achieve. Okay. And it was trying to be a popcorn flick where you go in, switch your brain off, and you just watch dumb shit happen. Yep. Like that, it works very well. Mm. Having said that, this movie is weird. (laughs) There are parts where you could definitely tell there were two different scripts that I think they bumped into each other in a hallway and it's like kind of grabbed up together. So there was this scene where they're hiding from the hurricane, Toby Kibble and um, Maggie Grace, and they start talking about peanut butter and jelly. Of course, yeah. Yeah. It's like um, that's like a character build. It's trying to establish that whole character. It's like you know, moment. like oh, is this uh, is this this brand? Oh no, I'm over this kind of brand. Oh, but I can tell this is that this is this brand of jelly. Like bingo, no, oh, you know your jelly. Yes, I do. Okay, let's go save your brother. Like what the fuck is this <laughs> conversation about? Or killing time in the screen time. Or there's like yeah. the part where uh, I'm gonna spoil the shit out of this movie because uh, per- fuck does, it. does the hurricane die? <laughs> <laughs> Because one of the other bad guys is the sheriff of the sleepy Alabama village because like, he's being paid. Uh, played by Ben Cross from Chariots of Fire. Really? Yes. Yeah, that's Ben Cross. Yes. Wow. He, he's, he's as typical a redneck sheriff as you can get from this yeah. film. And, uh, Shotgun and everything. He's trying to double cross the big bad and he's saying, do you remember when I was in my bar minding my own bitching about how I was gonna be put out to dry on my pension and there's a guy next to me doing exactly the same thing and then the bad guy goes why are you telling me this I was there (laughs) (laughs) it's like why is this in the script? I would say that it would be more impressive if Ben Cross would suddenly just slowly like fade into like, remember when I was in Star Trek and I was Spock's dad for <laughs> yeah. a hot second? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you are. Oh my God, it's Ben Cross. <laughs> I remember you. It was you were nice, in Chariots uh, of Fire. It's a nice little cameo at the very least. <laughs> you know what would be fun? Like during the hurricane, an actual chariot on fire yeah. flew past him and he'd be like, I reckon he gets knocked down by the actual <laughs> chariot. Yeah. <laughs> like a Dodge chariot. I think you know, that was really my <laughs> only beef. Like, the supposed star... Of like the, a I flying clouds? No, no. <laughs> the supposed star... I kind of wanted one one of these characters to be a star of the show. The car. Yeah. The hurricane car. And it got kind of sidelined halfway through. Because it was overpowered. Yeah, like, I guess so. Like, you turn on yeah. a switch and then these little, like, sti- spikes? Spikes. The spikes. spikes the would... Michael Stipe spikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, several Michael's, uh, Michael Stipe's would <laughs> drop down and drive into the door. To the floor. <laughs> I kind of wish it gone, went over the top with that. But I think we're still I in this movie too they much. they want to lead up <laughs> to that whole truck scene at the end, which was actually kind of cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. They when they were doing the promo stuff for this movie, guess yeah. which song they were playing? 
Are we gonna bring up the scorpions? Sure, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Here so, I am. But here's Fuck the thing. You, it wasn't even. No, yeah. it wasn't in the movie. Yeah. But in the trailer. It wasn't in the movie. In the trailer, yeah. like they did it really weirdly. Like they kept on like repeating the "Here I am." Oh. It was like a oh, yeah, record skipping. That. Like here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Okay, you can stop that. Here I am. Well, here I am telling you about this movie. And uh, yeah, I kind of wish they played that at the last part. At the last part itself was like, I know the hurricane is supposed to be magnified by its sound and everything, but still, yeah, add, into the, add it onto the corniness, Look, it, you know, it put it in the song. With you know? the three semi trucks trying to race through the eye of the hurricane, which is Bahamas part. Of course. Uh, no, actually, just me, the, the center of the hurricane is where there's Dude, no winds. I saw yeah. Yonderborn's twister. I All know. right. <laughs> yeah. The middle of the twister is the, be- is the safest part. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, they slowly get eaten. Literally by the wall of uh, wind, yeah. and mm. uh, the film ends with uh, all the bad guys are killed. They've got one truck full of two hundred million dollars, and it's Maggie Grace between the two brothers, uh-huh. and they're just like goofing, saying, "Oh, let's go to Mexico." Yeah, let's go to Mexico. No, we're not going to go to Mexico. Let's go return this money, yeah. and then the movie ends. They return the money. Well, they probably did. It, it ends did. with yeah. them just just driving off uh, the sunset. Yeah. yeah. Literally into the sunset where there's semi truck full of. They money. actually leave the earth into the sunset. <laughs> That's how it ends. Maybe it just ended like that, which I guess you could respect yeah. it for ending I earlier. Mean, <laughs> I would have respected it more if uh, they did it like that Christian Stewart movie where she's just giving the two guys hand jobs in the car. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Christian movie, Stewart movie where she gives hand jobs? Yeah, where she's in a car topless and she's giving two guys simultaneous hand jobs while they're driving along. I want to watch this movie all of a sudden. What's <laughs> yeah, this movie what's called? It called? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm calling it that Christian Stewart movie, not. The name of the, t- the title oh, of the movie. It's Snow and the Huntsman. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> she had the I, both Hemsworths by their hammers. <laughs> no, it was uh, rated Patterson, PG 13. It was Patterson and the director. Oh, there you go. Uh. <laughs> and she locked them together. <laughs> like My Chinese, powers combined. <laughs> like Chinese finger cuffs. <laughs> they could never be detached. That's how again. the world serpent meets. <laughs> We were talking about Hurricane Heist. Where are we going with this? Lasting podcast. Segways all the way through. So, this is definitely a strong recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) If you are really, really, really bored, sure, why not? If there's nothing else to watch. This movie pays crazy attention to details. In the worst ways. It's like, they refer to all the guns by their actual names. Mm-hmm. Really? It's like this is an AR-15. This no, is a Magnum 2.0. No, specifically all the bad guys using P90s. Of course, the FNP90. Yeah, one of the best guns in Counter Strike, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, that gun's crazy overpowered in mm. uh, uh, Call of Duty. Uh, true that. Yeah. Yeah. It, that doesn't make sense because you go from Counter Strike to Call of Duty. The scaling is a bit weird because. But then again, the FNP90 could go through doors, right? No, that's the... I don't quite remember. Man, but it also depends on which Counter-Strike... Why are we talking about Counter-Strike? <laughs> we were talking about Hurricane Ice. Like, because there's actually not too much to talk about this movie apart from like nitpicks. I mean, like, you are getting what you're, what is advertised. You know, I like, I like the fact that you said, you know, spoiler warning. Like, oh, why? Does the hurricane win? Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, if spoiling? it did, that will be a pretty good movie. Kind of thing. Technically, <laughs> it does yeah. win. Because the tree trucks has the hurricane on the ropes and the hurricane is looking to the coach. Coach, I can't do it. There's three of them. <laughs> you can't do it. You're the hurricane Played by Denzel Washington Okay Okay <laughs> I'm the hurricane right. First you go to jail No But then If uh, Denzel Washington's face Formed instead of the skull Yeah Sure Why not Sure Just, just a, his face And then he just goes Martin word No <laughs> I didn't Party say fine. Party uh, fine. I did not install the beat button But sure <laughs> That would have been hilarious 
<laughs> oh man, imagine that shit. Not like as they, the three semi trucks are like conver- like converging and transforming into like this semi truck Voltron. <laughs> and then this hurricane looks, stares them down. It's like King Kong ain't got, got shit on, on me. me. <laughs> You're right. And then King Kong appears because he's like, oh, I have shit on you, and he flings shit <laughs> at the hurricane. And that's a segue <laughs> to our what if episode. And then, oh my God. and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, okay, what and then Thanos comes and destroys the universe. We need to talk Ready Player One. Come on, guys, you can do this. <laughs> We're pop culture guys. But nah, this movie is stupid and terrible. <laughs> no, it sounds like it's getting amazing. I mean, <laughs> pure entertainment value, I would say this What's is. What's the Hurricane's origin story? <laughs> uh, what and. <laughs> Hot and cold air over a hot body of water. You know, when Mummy win meets Daddy win in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> they start moving on very, very quickly. Yeah. You know, and then, oh, air pressure. Mummy's too cold and Daddy's too hot. There you go. That's what happened. Because you're hot and you're cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that's pretty much What's our rating right there. again? Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> Tammy. You and that's evil. pretty much our rating. Um, yeah, thing is, <laughs> five out of ten. <laughs> also, the funny part is that uh, some of my work is called Tammy, <laughs> <laughs> and every time she walks past, it's like a breeze of fresh air. Huh? Well, she's I my like boss. I'm movie. not going to go down this road. Oh, does she listen to the podcast? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank you, Tammy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, out of going Tammy there, the tornado. Oh, wow. entertainment value. This is a perfect ten. <laughs> <laughs> As, a, as actual, an actual movie. As an actual movie. Out of 10 Nimrods, this is all the Nimrods right there. <laughs> yeah. On five sanity points. This out is of a category five. Upon five. Hey. hey. Hurricane jokes. But no, as an actual movie, this is like a four. Like, don't spend money on this. Like, wait until you can get it on Netflix, then get very drunk and watch it. Really? Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you this. Uh, it, this again it, it showed us the best use of hubcaps in Strong Winds. Oh, Absolutely. Winter. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like you see a guy like Ninja Stars. They come. Well, no, I know. Actually, yeah, bigger than that. He actually, just throws like Ninja Stars, and there's a guy who gets properly sliced by one. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. decapitated or discombobulated? Well, no. It's like you just like a slab in a sternum. Yeah. Oh, like it's a nice America sound. Shield. It's a nice yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally like Captain America shield. Like this is what happened if Captain America really wanted to kill you. Yeah. It actually reminded me of a lot of Gears of War four because of the wind system in that game. Like how they <laughs> all the bullets are actually not being shot. They're shot and then. It's all in a different trajectory and all that. So I kind of got a vibe, vibe of that. So okay. kind of like how action scenes play out yeah. based on the winds remember coming from the hurricane. Sorry, Gears of War 4? No. The game no one played? I don't remember it at all. <laughs> okay. I remember like... I played it at Press Junket once. It's Phoenix. It was fine. I played it at Press Junket too. You know what's the, the funniest thing about the Press Junket? Yeah. What? Like some white girl from Microsoft came up to me like, you know the story about Marcus Phoenix? You know Marcus Phoenix? Like looking at me. I'm like staring back at her like, what do you know about Marcus <laughs> That's Phoenix? That's funny. You tell me. <laughs> This person seems fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah. let me learn about Marcus Phoenix. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, Hurricane Heist. Um, <laughs> Our average review on a very over-the-top film. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I love the fact that Tom just gave it 10 points. <laughs> because, like, a separate rating. Disclaimer, I did have this, some very this strong... This is the short bus rate rating. <laughs> yeah. This, I had some... Fairly strong beer. You before can't I went treat in. the kids in special needs the same as the kids <laughs> in normal class. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like this is a stupid movie. You can't hold up to things like Ready Player One or even like the Marvel movies. Mm. Oh my god. This is. It knows what it is. A stupid movie, and like, it just enjoys. It just enjoys yeah, I mean, itself. It's, yeah. it's like um, uh, Tremors. 
Tremors is an amazing movie, yeah, sir. Yeah, but it's also fucking stupid. Just part two onwards. Part one is actually pretty decent. <laughs> Apart from the uh, part where Kevin they're shooting Bacon at was green all screen. three, right? Or was it only the first one? Kevin Bacon was in the first one only, I think. Uh. And then like, it just yeah, the less important people. No. Like, uh, yeah, they Fred actually Ward left after part less, two. Yeah, you're right, Fred Ward. Fred no, Ward. I mean I like yeah. the part where the guy gets eaten by his ass, like just uh, taken for a tire. <laughs> well, that happens in Ghoulies if you remember '80s movies, <laughs> and if you remember Dreamcatcher. Oh one. yeah, another guy gets eaten out <laughs> through the ass, yes. huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of ass-to-ass eating, right? (laughs) Ass-to-ass. We're just a slurry of references. Yeah. This is prime podcast material. What are we talking about again? Uh, Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Because the winds are so random. All the random random. references coming in. So, uh, yeah, we know what we should do. We should definitely... So, let's do another... That's what we do. Let's do what we always do in The Last King. Let's pitch the sequel right now. Uh, (laughs) So, they're on their way to Mexico. And then, guess what? Okay, as they're approaching the toll booth to pay the toll to enter the border. And then, like, the thing is, like, "Uh, excuse me, uh, you need to pay so-and-so. And And then, like, as they reach for their change. And they got, like, millions of dollars in the backseat, right? So, like, oh, do you, can you break a thousand? And then what they don't realize is the person inside the booth is the hurricane (laughs) son. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, rips off his mask. And it's just a flirt. It's just a guy with a typhoon for a head. (laughs) Like, look at me, you killed my papa. (laughs) Now, technically, pushing up my... Oh, my mama, Tammy, sorry. Yeah, pushing up my neck glasses. Uh, All hurricanes in the city. Hurricanes the same year have to be female names. They all have to be female. You can they alternate male and female names year to year. Mm. Oh, so is, this is gonna be this is for so for that year it would be Wendy. <laughs> but they're going to Mexico, so it'd be Juanita. <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane Frida. Hurricane Frida. I love that. Let's do that. So well, does she have a big unibrow as well? Yeah, oh. that too. True the shape of the it's wind, just, the wind it's shapes It's just, just a line brow. of hubcaps forming her unibrow. And yeah. she plucks at it. And it becomes ninja stars. Little ninja stars. <laughs> and she's trying to shred this like poor semi-truck. Trying to get to Mexico. It's like, but there's no hurricanes in Mexico. Ha ha, no, I am freedom. That special car makes a return too. A Mexican version of it. Oh, Jesus oh fuck. Because it was the star of the first film. So. Yeah, oh yeah. No, the skull appears again at the end of the movie. Really? When it did, the, it did. the semi-truck's yeah. like driving away, uh, Toby Kimball looks in uh, the... The mirror, review mirror, review yeah. mirror, and then he's like, doesn't make that sound. It doesn't no, make that no, noise, no. But, but it makes it looks like as if it is. You know, you can actually play in your head and you like, hear Skeletor. Laughing. This episode, last King podcast, Hurricane is played by <laughs> Like of all, like, trying to do his best Skeletor impression. Of all the cloud skulls I've seen in cinema, this is <laughs> out of all. Well, the one in uh, Goblet of Fire was pretty intimidating. Yes, <laughs> I, I remember need, that. Yeah. We need to see more of this. Yeah. More, more, more skulls in the sky. <laughs> we need more. Stu- we need more skulls in the sky. Yeah. Or like uh, the skull in uh, the Simpsons movie, when he dumps a pig shit into uh, the lake. Oh. Evil. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. I, no wait. No, I don't remember that. I don't remember the Simpsons movie at all. Eh, it was fine for what it was. All I remember is people are, like making like spider big references, and it's like this is not gonna last a week. No, yeah. my favorite part of the movie is uh, there's a part where uh, Bart has to uh, skate down uh, Springfield naked from a bet from Homer. Oh, you finally see the do- the Bart dick, huh? Yeah, yeah the Bart because dick. they they you like that part, they, huh? No, they just because because <laughs> they strategically cover his dick for like the entire thing, and then so you just switch to a hedge where you just like see the dick in view. It's like this is a PG movie, and you're showing a ten year old dick. No, it's a drawing of a dick, so it's different. <laughs> it's it's fine if it's just a drawing, boys and girls. No balls. <laughs> no, there were balls. <laughs> I love how you remembered that too. <laughs> I have a very That's a drop vivid right there, you know, from now on every I episode. I did like the part where they yes, killed off Dr. There was Nick. balls. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very vivid memory for all the wrong reasons. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> that was that was the one time they actually did kill off Santa a character. Why yeah. died now? <laughs> they actually did kill off a character too in the Simpsons. Yeah. I've I've seen season one. Yeah, it's, and it's alright. I liked yeah. it. Oh, no, yeah. I like I like oh Gary. Yeah, you know his balls were small. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I ate one of them. <laughs> <laughs> just about that part. Just hearing Drew Barrymore say that, and then the fact that you can imagine her digging into Nathan Fillion's crotch. <laughs> oh man. Why are we th- what are we talking about again? Hurricane <laughs> Iced. Uh, so I think we've. I think we've wrapped up hurricane just like heist, a hurricane we've laid waste to everything yeah. as we've, we've rocked so it as much as we can like a hurricane we've listened to a whole bunch of hot air and now it's the quiet <laughs> after the storm oh yeah. really are we gonna do that that's the segue that's the segue that's and I'm running segue. with it don't step on my segue <laughs> even a, though I did you step on my segue okay now it's time for Mr. Toffee to step on both our segues <laughs> You if, you, if you tell me you do it, I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for you to say something completely unconnected. <laughs> when you're second... Far Cry 5? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> sure. But when your... Uh, I like that. When your second podcast suddenly stops, so you have to come back to us. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's done. Are, are you doing another podcast in your <laughs> no, head? I'm again? not. No. <laughs> so, a Who plays place. you in your podcast? <laughs> myself as myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's actually just us, but it's just played by Mr. Toffee. All three, right? Like, yeah. a, like a very like the weird ending of being John Malkovich. Yeah. Everybody's just Mr. Toffee. So it's it's him in white face for me. Uh, <laughs> oh. Not yellow face, right? No, you're really <laughs> yellow, face. yellow face. Like <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is falling apart. I'm apologizing on behalf to all of humanity. This is the moment where we all start killing each other <laughs> and eating. <laughs> We're losing our minds. <laughs> Talking and about eating opium, <laughs> snorting opium all the way through with all this money we got <laughs> from that hurricane. I suggested. Yeah. From that heist. Singapore. From that heist. <laughs> that, that was a plot twist. It was me all along. It was us all along. We are <laughs> confessing to the crime and also. The I'm actually a meteorologist from Alabama. <laughs> no, I'm actually Maggie Grace. <laughs> I believe that more. <laughs> Except with less facial hair. <laughs> well, I have less facial hair than Maggie Grace. Yes. <laughs> That's the joke. That's what I was trying to say. She's actually a tiny man who can really act so well that, she, that he can play little girls. <laughs> oh, we're calling a 30-something-year-old woman a little girl. There you go. She's been through a lot. <laughs> Her career, this hurricane. <laughs> Everything's falling apart here at the Last King Podcast. This is going to be the final episode. <laughs> That's it, we're being cancelled. I'm pretty sure everybody started unsubscribing. <laughs> should, should, should we? Should so, we? So, before we end it off, should we just Even start the off? Hurricane, with there, this hurricane this takes. Five minutes of us <laughs> laughing at ourselves. No, Vic, no, no. Should we just start off? Should we just end it off with. Your no, we talk should, about. We should keep going. <laughs> Come the quiet place. Quiet place. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Hush. 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 Time for quiet. <laughs> so you've seen it um, um, about an hour or so, right? How long was the movie? Did you see this back to back? No. Was it a good companion piece? <laughs> <laughs> As a double bill, sure. <laughs> you gotta start big and it's, you end up song. It's the duality of man. Yeah. It's all the noise and none of it. <laughs> it's chaos and it's not quite order, but horror order. Last game podcast, keeping things poetic. <laughs> so, A Quiet Place is the directorial and written debut of Jim Halpert, <laughs> aka John Krasinski. Of the office. Of the office. Yeah. Not UK office. No. American is it office. Is called Office UK or Office this, US? Um, it's called office. office UK now because there's only two seasons. Oh. And also Ricky Gervais is a piece of shit. 
And the U.S. office is about <laughs> 12, 13. Oh my God, so many seasons. did you see what he did recently? Like his last special was just... Fuck you, ha ha ha. I'm a mean person, ha 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 ha. Look at that snowflakes, ha ha ha. And then people say, that's not funny. He said, like, you're so mean to me. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Ricky Gervais. That was his last show. Mm. I kind of liked it. No, I liked the, the peanut bit <laughs> that actually had me giggling. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, what? I can't have peanuts because she could die. I just want to rub myself in peanuts and start touching things. <laughs> I was losing it. It's like, oh Yeah, because God. you're a terrible human being. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing. Is, that's uh, a shtick, isn't it? I understand comedy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be like yeah. you know mean. Why are you? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing funnier than a guy falling off banana peel. <laughs> that's true. Comedy know? through misery. That's how it always has been. Anyway, Look, I go by the line that you know it's always funny until someone gets hurt and then it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a Faith No More reference for all your music fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Shout out to... Uh, An amazing a- band that's still around. Yeah. No, wait, no. I think they broke up again. Mike Patton, finally. You know Mike Patton? One of the most criminally underrated and most amazing vocal performers of any century because he can do anything shit. Okay, enough about that. A so, quiet place. A quiet place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Minimal distractions now. Yeah, the setup of the movie is that humanity is living in this post-apocalyptic world where they have to be very, very quiet. And the, this is where immediately the movie starts off super strong, where it just it starts with a uh, quick flash saying, Day 89. Then it's a quiet post-apocalyptic um, town, like one of these really quiet, sleepy rural towns in the States. And you have these, uh, this family like going very quietly, like trying to pick stuff up, like medicine and supplies, and they're communicating to each other in uh, sign language. But they have this little six-year-old kid, and she's deaf, right? For a no, the eldest, the daughter, I think she's meant to be thirteen or so. She's mm. deaf. Okay. But this little six-year-old, he he can talk. He just like he just knows he has to be very quiet, but he doesn't quite understand why. Mm. And uh, he sees this toy rocket. And he goes up to try and pick it up and he starts swiping at it and it falls. And immediately the daughter runs and catches it. And immediately this, the film is sitting out like, this is a very tense setup with no spoken dialogue, no setup, just immediately you know, this shit is like high stakes. And then the dad very carefully removes the batteries from the toy and says, too loud in sign language. I'm sorry, too loud, let's go. But then the daughter being nice says, here you go, here's the rocket. And the kid, as, as he leaves, takes up, picks up the uh, batteries. Mm-hmm. This is important because next scene, they're walking over the bridge back to their house and the little kid's fiddling with a toy. And so the toy goes off making these loud rocket noises. And the entire family looks terrified, like, holy shit! And John Krasinski is like running forward, trying to get to the boy as he's holding up the rocket, going, look, it's a rocket, it's making noises. Then you hear a loud crash. So the monster comes and eats the kid immediately. The kid just gets swiped up. Then title card. Yeah, that's what happens. That's, yeah, that's that's a good setup. Yeah. Yeah, that's a movie we're saying we're not fucking around. Kids are gonna die. One kid, right? Yeah, and then uh, there's another death later in the movie that I'm not gonna spoil. Mm-hmm. But this is just the setup. Yeah, let's try to do that because I think we should not. I mean, this movie is only out this week. Came out this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like, uh, where did it come out of the states? Around the same. Day? It's same time. Yeah, it's uh, same. It came out at South by Southwest a few weeks ago. Yes, but it that was came where. Out so week. it did the th- uh, the did the theater thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the festival, festival circuit. Yeah, festival circuit. I think only South by. Because South By is a kind of... I mean, it's a good launch pet nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Also, South By is where you do all the horror and thriller stuff. And yeah, also Ready Sundance Player One and like Sundance is, is no uh, more, uh, Sundance is a bit quirky. Cannes is all the arty European shit. 
and Canada's for all the French language stuff that doesn't get into Cannes. Mm. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, the thing is that this movie is very small and self-contained because it's just about this family trying to survive in a world where they can't make any noise. And there's a real le level of attention to detail. So when you go into the house they live, there's uh, they, none of them wear shoes or socks. Mm -hmm. There's sand on a path where they have to walk. Uh, like the floor's padded, everything's padded. Uh, they, the sink, they only turn on ever so slightly, so there's no uh, running water noises. Uh, they, they're putting uh, paper mache on the walls to do sound dampening. Like, everything is geared towards them making not a single noise. And it's so good that even when there's small moments where noise does happen, it's really effective because you immediately know that, oh shit, because they set up in the first part of the movie, even the slightest noise could get you killed almost immediately. And yeah, it's just them living. Um, and it's just a really bad 24 hours is the rest of the movie hmm. where everything goes wrong and the family has to deal with all the monsters that are attracted by noise. So it isn't weighed down by the need to explain too much? No. In fact, that's a real, another uh, plus point in this movie is that they do a very good job of explaining just enough through context clues. They have all these... Um, so show don't tell. <clears throat> yeah, it's show don't tell. So you, you show them being very quiet. As soon as there's noise, the monster appears immediately. Unless you really are dense, you know, noise equals bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even in the like, you, sh you see one of the monsters fairly early on in the movie, and you see from the like the design that they don't have any eyes. They're obviously blind, so they rely entirely on noise to get around. And uh, you, you see like uh, newspaper clippings saying. Like, oh, it's noise that's killing us, you know, death toll in thousands. It, it's definitely like setting up the world purely from you just paying attention and looking around and reading stuff that's going on in the movie. Uh, but I think maybe for the sake of the audience members out there, maybe we need to kind of describe not only the tense moments, but also like, especially the, the creatures themselves. Like, the creature effects, like, how, I mean, how are they? Not, how are they're effects? not supposed to be terrifying, they're but they're not, supposed to be. They're actually pretty scary. They're not super unique. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a creature design we've seen before, where like a big gaping mouth, uh, like a, like they look like they have claws, mm. like claw hand things. They look like kind of like uh, blind death claws. Not no, really. No, no. Uh, I mean, they're not towering. In they're not towering. They're slightly taller than humans. I would say uh, like maybe a good frame of reference would be like the creatures from I Am Legend. Uh, no, uh, no. I would say they they look like a cross between a crab and a bat. Mm, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, this like they've got a hard catchiness uh, outside. They don't have wings, but uh, like they they walk on all fours. Um, they stand up straight, and they look like they have vocal cords and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I when uh, you see a full on, um, there's definitely some CGI, and it's not perfect. This movie was made for 17 million, so obviously, you know, it's not gonna get the same polish that we're gonna get from a Marvel movie. But I mean, it's like, it, I mean, 17 million plus marketing, maybe less. Yeah, I think marketing, they didn't do a lot because I only heard about this movie this year. Yeah, same thing. Because and it's, only it's through South by Southwest as well, right? Yeah. People. Like, I would say, it's, yeah. se it's selling on Krasinski's name mainly. It's not doing like a big blockbuster push. But also at the same time, you have to, like, you know, get out did so well last year. Yeah. And like, it's, it's probably the perfect time for movies yeah, like it's this a, to come Yeah, it's riding on that high. It's, you know, another comedian turned serious director trying to, you know... Trying to show his chops that he can do more than getting out of the corner. Yeah. You well, know? I wouldn't call this a horror necessarily. Suspense thriller? It's a suspense thriller for sure. Like, there are definitely horror elements, but it's not like a slasher movie because they're not 
that many deaths. Okay. It's more about like a thriller. It's more about the setting and the tone and the world building. I mean, but then makes it a horror because then yeah. you are facing an actual horror. I mean, well, this is where we start, you know, uh, playing the semantics argument. Where I, this is very, very different from Get Out. So I feel like it's not. I I understand the comparison, but it's not necessarily fair because Get Out was a film which had a message that I wanted to say, whereas A Quiet Place is just a really cool sci-fi concept. It sounds. A, it has a more simple message, and it delivers that message. I'm uh, not message, it's concept as well. It's it's alien again. Pretty Thank much. Thank you. Okay, alien. Which is a horror. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Again, let let's not get uh, wrapped up in. Does semantics. this take place all nighttime or the daytime scenes as well? There's there's there daytimes and nighttimes, but it it's made it clear that it's more dangerous at night because I guess there's less ambient noise outside. Yeah. Um, it would make sense to make the creature look more badass or scarier at night. Yeah, anyway. it looks it looks Plus scarier. Effects at night, and yeah. all that, you know. Um, and other than that, um, the performances are very, very strong. All right, right. Like John Krasinski is the lead, and uh, Emily Blunt is his wife, both in real life and in the film. Yeah. And no nepotism are, there, huh? <laughs> but they're a very good, solid core to this movie. Because like a good, you know, dual. Because, because you don't need to buy the chemistry, because that just happens yeah, naturally. Yeah, but they're also they're selling, you know, parents who have lost a child, mm. and how they're dealing with that while still trying to have to look after their other kids, mm-hmm. and also Emily Blunt's pregnant. And that's gonna be important later in the movie. It's in the trailer, that, so I'm not spoiling. Uh, okay, that. so that's like in the trailer. All right, right. Yeah, but that comes into play later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, but even the kids, like they, I don't recognize them at all. They've probably been in very small roles before. One but of them is this Melissa girl who I think I've seen. She's yeah. in Wonder Something, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I remember. Know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, last year. I don't know if she's deaf in real life, but she apparently she is. Yeah. So, um, John Krasinski okay. hired a deaf. Child actress. Okay, that's good. Because I, I think I it's easier that. than hiring a child actress or actor and then trying to get this child to pretend to be deaf without, you know, because the thing is, when you get somebody that young yeah. to do a role that, you know, that really requires a certain amount of realism. Yeah, that's tough. It's, it's a tough you gotta You've got to cast, you know, for what you want. Yeah. So it was just funny to watch her pull the, uh, the typical stroppy teenager thing. Like she storms into her room really quietly and she wants to throw something, but obviously she can't. So she has to pick up a thing and very lightly like drop it on her bed, like in frustration rather than like throwing things against the wall, like a standard teenager would. Yeah, okay. Like that was fun. And also the younger son, like not the youngest, but like the middle, middle used to be middle, now youngest kid. Uh, he's uh, terrified all the time and he really sells it. Okay. I mean, so performance wise, uh, the script is also, I mean, there's not a lot of dialogue, obviously. <laughs> So there's a lot of communication through sign language and through uh, you know like facial expressions and body language, and again, really really well done. Have you seen this movie called The Tribe? No. You would enjoy it if you like this because it's an entire movie about a, a bunch of teenagers, and all the, and the only the only language is sign language. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's also like uh, the beginning of uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, okay. where the, for the first 40 minutes it's only the the uh, chimpanzees talking in sign language mm. like it's that kind of thing where it's uh, it's a kind of thing where a big studio might be worried about uh, you know alienating audiences here obviously 
yeah, they feel like they. You know what? I think that's the one thing I like about the fact that a lot of big studios are not risking it with horror anymore, unless it's yeah. like a paranormal activity or something. And mm-hmm. because they milk that to death, and then the Saw series and Annabelle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even want to give like uh, the Blumhouse. Like, I don't call them a big studio, but they're in that genre. Yeah, I mean, like, they're probably the biggest. But yeah, the they, Blumhouse films. They are the yeah. biggest because pretty much if it's a horror movie, they have the Blumhouse name attached. I mean, yeah. like, it's like kind of sad because like speaking as a man from the '80s, uh, sorry, but it's like you know, like remember when. The Friday the 13th movies was a Paramount picture. Yeah. And stuff like that. But and I remember again, when we had stuff like The Fly and The Thing as well. I mean like New Line Cinema and all that. Like yes. even Dimension Films was like pushing the Bullshit genre. Universal made their money from horror movies. Back in the zero zeros. Yeah. You know, but in the still. 1920s. But I mean like it's the, the thing is like what I really appreciate most about the horror genre nowadays right, is because it's so independent and it's so story driven as opposed to money driven. That it's it can yeah. I mean, it's there's also flourishing in ways yeah, that we it never can be creative it. in that. There's also aspect. still a lot of dross, which is ninety percent of the Blumhouse uh, productions. But there's occasional glints of good. I mean, like it's the same thing with any successful thing where you it's it's not hard to be successful. It's just hard to maintain it. You know, yeah. because you, everybody doesn't care about your hit. They care about what you're gonna do next. So yeah. you know, they're on that train. But then I will see something like this. I mean, like. Get Out was one of our favorite films of last year. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. You know, that, it's that our film, number one film right now yeah. still. That's on our website. And it yeah. still blows me away when I rewatch that because it's like, this is so unique. Yeah, who was the distributor for Get Out? Frankly, oh, I can't remember right off the top of my head. No. Yeah, because Platinum Dunes were the ones behind The Quiet Place. Platinum Dunes also were responsible for a lot of horror remakes back in the 2000s, if you remember. They kind of like... They did Halloween as well, those remakes? I mean, it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They okay, also redid Texas. Friday 13 and also the... The nightmare, no, the, the street, nightmare right? yeah. reboot with uh, Jackie Earl Haley, yes. which was not great at I all. So disappointing. Like, yeah. he's the perfect Freddy Krueger so, if you think about it. I mean, I think it's because Michael Bay is maybe taking a bit of a step back from getting involved in all Platinum June's projects. Like, I mean, he just puts his name on it, I guess. Yeah. But so then again, I mean, the thing is, I was a bit apprehensive when I saw the Platinum June's logo because I, they don't have a great track record of the last ten years. Yeah, but I mean, they had a strong opening when they first came out. I mean, yeah, but still, you know, strong opening when it first came out, and then years and years and years of tat isn't gonna. Yeah, but that's every Hollywood studio, actually, if you true. think about it. Yeah, I mean, the ones that are still around. Yeah, but and I mean, I don't know. But the problem is that because I'm the only one who's seen it, there's not too much I can say because I'm gonna spoil it. But honestly, this is a very good uh, opening movie. Uh, you know, this is a guy's first director debut, and obviously, you know, he's got a very able team behind him. He's got, you know, his director of photography, assistant director, everyone else behind him helping pushing him along, but the script as well. Right. Now he put this together. I mean, yeah, like, this is a guy who had an idea. He's probably been sitting on this idea for years and had to go be in 13 hours first so he could get Michael Bay to sign off in his movie. I think that's the thing, because if it wasn't him in 13 hours, he wouldn't have met Michael Bay and he wouldn't have pitched it. Yeah, I think... In between takes. Yeah, it's obviously a thing of like, tell you what, I will be your lead in this movie if you bankroll this movie that I want to make. Um, Yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Because, you know, much as I dislike Michael Bay, he's good to his actors. His male actors. Well, most <laughs> of the, ma- to, to his male actors who play soldiers. Exactly. <laughs> to the rest, he's a piece of shit. Hey, because uh, that's still one of my favorite um, um, uh, uh, commentaries from the Armageddon movie. 
Really? Ben Affleck is saying, I asked Michael, why is it easier to train uh, drillers to become astronauts? And he told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of training, what? Uh, astronauts to be drillers. Why do we train drillers to be astronauts? Why is this easier? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> because, because script, because plot. Don't question the plot. Because Bruce Willis can't be an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> he can be a driller. You know, because we need the hometown heroes from all these small little wisdoms. To Midwest represent Western. America. Yeah. yeah. You know, no. yeah. But I think, to be honest, that, that film was that. also unbelievable because they're trying to sell Owen Wilson as a rugged um, uh, oil platform worker. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm a cowboy. Wow. That's your Owen Wilson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's well, yours? You gotta speak softer, like through the nose. <laughs> That's Owen Wilson. Hey, going on right now <laughs> that's a, that, I'm so, why are we doing an Owen Wilson off? oh wow yeah yeah sure there's a YouTube yeah. clip just for his O's and R's yeah out there but um, yeah this wow. I was <laughs> nothing but that <laughs> I was thoroughly impressed it does, makes me doesn't make me sound like I really enjoyed myself and this Which was important yeah. yeah and you know it hit all the right moments the third the third act um, because they do finally resolve it in a way which gives some kind of hope that there's a it ends uh, better than most other films but it's still kind of like uh, this feels a little bit too Hollywood uh, and I don't know if that was Krasinski's original ending or maybe like someone pushed him to say no you can't be this big. you can't have the happy yeah. ending no it's it's not a happy ending but it's like between a happy ending and an awful ending it's because they discover well, as with all of these movies, they find a way to combat the threats. So, like, between maybe something like uh, Night of the Living Dead or even Body Snatchers, how hopeful is the ending? It's, uh, I would say, it's kind of hard. Uh, it's kind of like... Maybe in between? In between. I mean, like, to me, the coldest ending of all time is definitely Body Snatchers. Yeah. You know, because, like, that open that final frame is like, oh, God. It's like, yeah, that's it. You know, you are the last human being. Spoilers for a movie that came out three times. Three <laughs> since the 70s. There's been three. There's one with Nicole Kidman. There's one with Donald Sutherland as the original black and white okay, one. Okay. I think there might be another one. It's yeah. it's like uh, the ending if Scarface had ended ten minutes early. Really? Yeah. yeah. Scarface had an amazing ending. So it's yeah. say hello to my little friend and <laughs> kinda. <laughs> Without without the ex without the Cuban okay, ex, of course. Let me say this right. Uh, talk about the tension. Uh, I mean, he acts in it as well. No, he yeah, doesn't. he does. He does right. Mm -hmm. So there you go. He's doing like the, he's doing the Robert Rodriguez. He's like putting on all the hats. And I think maybe we should kind of give praise to the fact that you know what? Don't underestimate the comedian because the comedian is usually the one guy who is thinking ahead of everybody. But, and that's the thing is that people tend to underappreciate comedians because they think oh he's just a guy who can make people laugh. But, Comedians tend to be some of the most powerful dramatic actors. And directors. Like, yeah. one of my favorite comedians ever is also one of my favorite directors ever, which is, like, Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, oh, he's the he's the, the crazy American from Monty Python. He also made Brazil, Fisher King, you know, like, a lot of very... Time Bandits? Spectacular-looking oh, yeah, movies. Bandits. 12 <laughs> Monkeys? Ah, oh, 12 Monkeys. Baron Munchausen? <laughs> No, yeah, that's that's Terry Gilliam. Man, he played the horse in <laughs> Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there you go. And then like you can even say it to an extent. And if comedians like, can try, they can actually pull off a dramatic performance. I mean, I Punch Drunk Love. The best. That's kind of dramatic. In that best sense. example is Robin Williams. Okay, there you right, go. This is a guy yeah, who was famous for ad libbing uh, crazy voices, and he did Goodwill Hunting, One Hour Photo, Society, Deadpool Deadpool Society. Society. 
Um, good morning, Vietnam. Yeah, which I mean, that's still kind of like a half comedy. No, but it's definitely still drama. More serious through, drama. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But like I, the weirdest one is definitely one hour photo, which doesn't work entirely. But he's a very effective creep. I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So, this is definitely a sign that Krasinski does have life post The Office. Sounds like I kind of want to see him more and more movies of this well, caliber. Well, he's going to be in a new Jack Ryan for the Amazon series. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. <laughs> That's confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Wow. I think it's coming out later this year. So, they're going to redo all the Patriot games and the clear and present days? I think so, yeah. Why? Because Some of All Fear is also part of that. Yeah, because right. Tom Cruise fizzled out. Uh, Paris of Ford's too old and the one they tried to do with Chris Pine was shite so yeah I didn't uh, like that or what was yeah. it called Shadow Agent or something yeah Shadow Agent yeah. I mean like you know what to an extent well, my favourite Jack Ryan is actually kind of still Ben Affleck that's the sum of all fear or yeah. clear oh, it, fear. that was not bad Clear and Present Danger Clear and Present Danger was uh, Harrison Ford Patriot Games Clear and Present Danger was Harrison Ford oh some of is the one where they uh, miss out they change yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Change act. and that was like I think Ben Affleck did a pretty good job, but I think he was suffering more from... I don't know if it was during the Ben Affleck era, where people just couldn't buy it him. It was around 2000 plus like that. Probably. Yeah, like, yeah. So it was, that was, it was affecting him big time. I think it was just... The Giggly shit, yeah. It was just before well. uh, Giggly. Yeah. And I think it was also just after Daredevil as well, so it was kind of like, you know... He's a bit toxic, right? Yeah. But then again, like he redeemed himself proper, because you also have to understand, like... I mean, like, I, the first time I saw him was definitely... He was definitely in Days and Confused first before he decided to do Guerrilla Hunting. Days and Confused, Mallrats. Where he played Lieutenant. Yeah, and then he appeared in Mallrats, right? And, uh, as asshole. Yeah, and uh, Chasing <laughs> which, Amy. Which he should have played forever. No, Chasing Amy is definitely after Guerrilla. Much later, yeah. You know? And it's like, remember those days when Kevin Smith would get Ben Affleck on the phone? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, we're tangenting off too much. So, I'm sure they're still friends. Hasn't he been on uh, Fat Man vs. Batman? Never. Never. Oh, Never. Shit. And he played Batman. That's, yeah. So here's the thing, right? Uh, but the thing is, you know they're still friends or because the thing is, he's on a different trajectory. Yeah. You, you, I mean, once an, a multiple Academy Award nominated, you know, director. Academy, Academy Award winner. Winning, you know, for Best Picture. And then you got Kevin Smith. But like, the sweetest thing ever is like, you know, like, yeah, uh, he, I like the way he every once in a while mentions like, you know, I can get him on the phone but we don't hang out as much as we used to. Mm. But when, uh, when Ben Affleck got the role for Batman yeah. with the Zack Snyderverse, yeah. the first guy he calls was Kevin. Kevin, come over. I want to show you the costume. Oh. So Kevin Smith is the first person alive to see Ben Affleck in the suit. Okay. So he's like, yeah, you know, because if anybody, if you want to get your Batman credit, Kevin Smith is the guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, because he was, uh, who else would be the guy? And Grant Morrison. Okay, Grant Morrison writes better Batman books. Yeah. But. Anyway. Psychedelic Batman books, but yeah, they're good. A Quiet Place. How dare you? Serious? No, no, no. Serious ba- Batman Earth? of Zuran Mar, that all that, that that's a crazy enough, story. Line. Enough Batman. Enough Batman. Enough Batman. <laughs> a Quiet Place. Um, I honestly, the tension is just clear and present throughout, and you can tell it works. <laughs> present danger, you can see. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry. Like, you can tell because when I first came in, uh, there was this couple next to me who were chatting. Oh man. Within twenty minutes. Zip the fuck up mm. and enthralled by what was going on. I think that's what's important about horror movies nowadays because the thing is, a lot of them is they're so. There's this thing called the horror beat. So it's like whenever you write a horror script, right? It's like every five to ten pages, you need a beat, which is basically the scare or the jump scare yeah. or something because yeah. you need to maintain a certain dramatic rhythm, right? So it's very hard like for a lot of people to sell horror movies where it's just based on build up 
Yeah. It said because oh, now all the Bloomhouse stuff it's all beats, right? Yeah, like, you can yeah. tell because dimension. the thing is like when you watch a movie is like you can definitely like you can even just adjust your watch to when you're gonna supposed to be scared right now. Here's the jump scare, then you wait. I mean yeah. there's the music cues, then there's the actor cues. And then you have something like this, right, where it's obviously all about building up tension, atmosphere and definitely getting you to a certain hit space. Yeah, I mean they're definitely music cues, but it's after I don't know. I mean, it, there, but there's a build up beyond that, right? There is a build up, and it's not like a consistent every five minutes. Like the yeah. long stretches where it's purely about characters and you know creating, you know, establishing the relationships. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that there's stuff like Get Out and Babadook that still adheres to this whole build up for horror yeah. or thriller. Films. I would say this is up there with Babadook and Get Out. Mm. Like Baba, but Get Out is this whole nother level. This is like you know godly tier. I would say yeah. yeah. Like Get Out is, is up there with like Babadook. The Shining. Or oh yeah, yeah, thank you. It's Shining. up there. But Quiet Place is definitely Babadook levels of quality. Mm. I mean, like, I mean, I would love to do an entire episode where we talk about nothing but super underrated horror gems because, like, for me, one of the scariest movies ever was like Exorcist Three, and nobody's seen it. You're gonna have yeah. to give me a list of things to watch before we do that episode. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, especially what's that movie with uh, fucking Aragon, uh, The Aragon. Road? Have you all guys seen The yes. Road? Yes. That movie was yeah. so. So depressing. <laughs> Apparently, the book's worse. Yeah, because babies get eaten. Also, Cormac McCarthy is just, mm. you know, mm. like <laughs> someone check on that man. <laughs> there you go. But then again, like I would love to see like more films like this where you know they they don't pull punches in a sense because it's not about rhythm. It's not about coaxing your audience into like. You but know, when it gets to that big reveal halfway in the yeah, film and all I that, mean, like, it pays off. As much of as we up. like to complain about the template, because like there is a horror movie template out there. Yeah. And like, I mean, I do kind of long for the old days where like, I mean, I do miss a good slasher movie once in a while and there hasn't been any good ones. The what was the last slasher movie to come out? Like technically, well, the strangers, strangers right? We saw that, not right? Really, because like, there's yeah. no inventive kills, and like, the kills come few and far between. Yeah, but it's still that genre. It I mean, not unfortunately. The best, right? you know? yeah, yeah, we need another Friday Thirteenth where you just have swaves of uh, camp counselors being fucking Thrown executed. To pieces, right. Yeah. But the thing is, I want to see a modern version of the Halpoon kill. The modern version of Harpoon Kill? Where the guy gets like stuck up through uh, the pier through the, by the Harpoon. <laughs> I want to see the modern version of like basically the couple having sex and the spear going through them. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, man. Well, actually, I saw that in a trauma movie. Yeah. Where, uh, trauma's uh, keeping it real. Yeah, the thing is where a girl is giving head and then a guy gets stabbed through the ass and she's also... Oh, really? Stuff oh, in the head. yeah, yeah. That, that's USA. pretty formal. No, here's the thing, right? There's a whole treasure trove of Italian giallo movies. Ooh, like from the seventies that like, the wow. Argento stuff, right? Fulci, Argento, all these people, like fucking hell. I mean, like, you have you seen Suspiria? No, I've heard of it. And the thing is, it's getting remade. <laughs> so you have I'm to watch the original. I'm kind of scared of that. I'm actually. worried about that. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite. Like, it's you know, probably not jealous. going to lead up, but I'll probably I'll, let me give my final uh, review for um, uh, Quiet Place. This is. I would say... The horror movie of the year, so far. Definitely so far, better than Hurricane Heist. <laughs> we just mentioned that. I know. Yeah. I love how we have two a very bipolar episode. Uh, this is, <laughs> I would say, a 7.5 out of 10. Really? Yeah. Very. Good. I mean, so that's actually a very strong recommendation. You so what thing, So I know. I, I mean, think you would get something out of it. You'd probably see all of uh, like the references. I and would definitely appreciate stuff like this. Yeah, but I think you would like it because it is trying to do something different. So what things do you think have improved in Quiet Place since you gave uh, it a seven and a half? I mean, the main thing is that the end ending I felt like was a little bit weak. I feel mm-hmm. like because they do a f- this one fake out twice, and it's like. You don't need to do this again. 
Like, I wish you would have, like, maybe, like, just be a bit smarter. And also, there was a fairly unnecessary um, sacrifice. Okay. Okay. Which I feel like was done just because like they saw that the kill count was fairly low, so they had to up it a little bit. And I don't know, it's just like I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing the standard "my parents hate me" uh, sub uh, story in uh, teenagers. I feel like they could have gone beyond that trope a little bit. Yeah, but maybe you saw that again in Stranger Spirit Night, right? Yeah, where it's like it was literally the teenage. It it's a teenager being convinced that their parents hate them. Mm. It's like. I I don't know. I feel like um, I mean, it's, it's, here's the sad thing too. Because as much as I, that I hate to talk about the template too much, the one thing that drives good horror movies is stupid people. <laughs> yeah, when that's the thing. Like this again, this movie works because people aren't stupid. Uh, well, I mean, the kids are a little bit stupid, but you know, Krasinski. Because they're young. That, that's yeah. kids. They're but young. But Krasinski and uh, Blunt, they are very smart. I mean, it's the reason why they they survive because the film's taking a place. A year and a half after the initial whatever happened. Which mm-hmm. isn't explained properly. Yeah. yeah, that's one final strength. They never explain what the origin of these monsters are. It's just like yeah. the movie saying, that's not important. We're not going to waste our time explaining why this happened. Which is good. Yeah, just yeah. appreciate this is the world we live in. And the fact that there was no one asking what was going on just proves that this film worked. Yeah, there's there a huge focus in the film. Yeah, even on the Singapore audience, which tends to be fairly unforgiving to stuff which tries to be different. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I don't like about the jump scare. As, as effective as it is, it unfortunately gives you that moment of relief. And the thing is, like, it's very hard for a movie to just rebuild it yeah. over and over Whereas again. Whereas the ratcheting of tension is much yeah. worse because, like, you either have to denouement or just uh, realize, like, I just leave you hanging. And that yeah. film did it so much where, like, you feel like there's been a relief. And, like, oh no, it's still out there. <laughs> it's like, oh. Well, how about this? You gotta keep, keep that momentum yeah. going. Anybody yeah. out there in Last King Land? Uh, that's, what they, that's the name of our people. Okay. The, the, Last, King, the, the Last King Landers? The, yeah, the people, the Last... The Last King Podcast. We'll figure landers. it out. Okay, but here's the landers. thing. It's like, you know what? Our great loyal subjects. Yeah, yeah all of you. Subject to hear this. Hear ye, hear ye, subjects. Hear what? Hear, hear, subjects? hear ye, hear ye. Oh, ho- hear, hear ye. ye. Hear ye, hear ye. Uh, okay, Harry I mean, subjects. Like, okay, you know what? If you want really tense horror movies that will just like, you know kind of rip you apart yeah definitely something like okay Exorcist 3 definitely the one I just mentioned because that movie is nothing but tension yeah and then maybe The Road if you want something post-apocalyptic The Road and mm-hmm. something super depressing yeah I mean like well, after I watched that I had to go back to play New Vegas like this is a nice wasteland <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm a god in that wasteland yeah you need to watch like Mad Max and like no this is fine yeah <laughs> it's like this is, a, this is the first one to say you would not survive in apocalyptic wasteland it's like yeah I wouldn't <laughs> nobody would or I mean like even something like Children of Men oh, okay. oh my god that yeah. movie I mean I still have my problems with the ending though yeah but I mean okay like to me the tensest movie of all time is probably like well, Wages of Fear which I'm pretty sure nobody's heard of because it's a black and white movie yeah. which was later remade into something called The Wizard with Roy Scheider if I'm not mistaken eh. so you would love this because it's pure visual storytelling and tension it's about a bunch of guys who, who you know because th- it's their job Yeah, they need to drive trucks over this bumpy mountain and they're uh, transporting nitroglycerin jars oh, <laughs> oh fuck so Wager every of bridge and rock and creek and, and every like if you watch Wage, boys and girls you want to up your film knowledge please watch Wages of Fear one of the most important films of all time and that is a masterclass in how to get an audience interested and to hold them by the balls until the end of the movie 
Because it's like... I mean, you can also watch the remake. The remake's fine. But watch the original. That that movie still is like... I remember watching it back when I was like in my film school era. And it's yeah. like... This movie fucked me up. It's like, wow. That is... That is... You know, like just oh, just, that, me just an, that premise. That's giving me anxiety just thinking about it. You know, it's like every time they cut to the back of the trucks and you see the jars rattling, <laughs> and it's like it's full of nitroglycerin. <laughs> it's like, why would you do this job? Because we need the money. <laughs> Hot potato, the movie. Oh, it's an explosion. Hot Aye. potato. <laughs> so I'm not gonna spoil that at all. But yeah. You want tension? Watch that. So uh, yeah, I think that we have come to the end of this. Uh, Really off the rails, uh, even by our standards, like messy. Uh, you know, we search. we had a hurricane a smash through. Beginning. Yeah. yeah, and then we we, we just kind of kept it down to a nice uh, somber like, mellow note at the end. See, this is why I kind of enjoy stupid movies because we just fall apart, yeah. and it's so much fun talking about it. And then you literally fall apart watching like a quiet place and thinking to yourself, "Oh, the humanity." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It Where's was, the hurricanes when these monsters arrive? No, I watched <laughs> Hurricane Heist uh, after. Uh, I watched Quiet Place first. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the double bill, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was separated by a day. Uh, a day to reflect. Yeah. <laughs> I had a day to reflect on, oh, yeah, this was a good, uh, solid movie. And then I watched Harkin and I was like, oh. You gotta have some <laughs> stupid to go if you're smart. Like, this exists, huh? <laughs> People still pay money for that. Someone greenlit this script. So, how would you say, would this be one of your films of the year? Uh, tentatively, it's in my top 10 for sure. Really? Probably top five right now, even yeah. Because like in terms of horror movies, right? I mean, there's not much, you know. Pie Walker came out, which was not that great. Yeah, exactly. And Strangers, Strangers was even. fine. Technically, Shape of Water is kind of a horror movie. Nah, I'd I I I like say romance. it's a dr- romance drama, yeah. romance fantasy, romance fantasy, sci-fi. Uh, no, not sci-fi. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, romance fantasy. This is probably <laughs> sitting just above Black Panther for me in my ranking of 2018 so far. Because I would say like the only other horror movie that is it coming out this year? I heard there's going to be the the Purge. The cool. first purge. Oh, uh, yeah. that's the middle of the year, right? Purge the yeah. island. Yeah, it's coming up. The this first year, purge. Right? Yeah, he's like, please explain that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully it's sounds good. like battle royale in the because island. the purge is, has been getting progressively better with every film because they kept getting more money. Yeah, and they kept getting more. And Who would have thought over that the top, I a guess. movie about people finally being able to cut loose and do whatever the hell they want and surrender to their id would be doing so well in America. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Bit on the nose. Sorry, my American friends, but you guys are cray cray. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sorry. You guys sort your shit out. <laughs> and with that note, I'm looking at you, Texas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> please don't. Please don't ask for Texas. <laughs> Austin, you cool. <laughs> and on that note, okay. So this will be uh, uh, wrapping up a, a very bipolar episode, a very schizophrenic episode. Yeah, yeah. From, from the crazy wild ride of the hurricane highs to the down and the quiet, t- mellow, tense. very tense. Oh, it ain't mellow, my friend. It ain't mellow right now. Asses are clenched full. Yeah, <laughs> the tenseness of quiet place. Like I was starting to turn inside out from puckering so much. <laughs> Oh, and on that note, I've been Eccentric Tom. This has been Mr. Zafi. And going ass to ass, Dr. Shafi, signing out. <laughs>